Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. How are we? Before we get started, as always, I'm just going to quickly plug my Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash lizexplains. Last week, I had Troy on and we talked about Kathy Griffin. This week's episode was <laughs> on a show called Adults Adopting Adults. You may have heard of that and say, was. I, I thought I just read that that was on air about a month ago. And for that, I would say, yeah, you're right, because the show was on A&E in like February and it had three episodes and then it got pulled off air. They said for low ratings but they have like pulled it from the internet like you cannot stream adults adopting adults anywhere um you can't buy it on amazon or itunes it's not on the a&e website uh it's just it's not available to watch which made it even more intriguing to me and the person who sponsored the episode because if you don't know i like let people uh sponsor topics for me to talk about on patreon the person who sponsored the episode had the episode saved um, on her like Plex account. I don't really know what Plex is, but <laughs> I was able to use her Plex. She gave me access to, like her Plex account. And then she also downloaded them and put them in a Dropbox for me, which is great. I have since uploaded them to multiple Google Drives, which I now have linked on my uh, Patreon Instagram. So if you become a patron, you can get access to that Instagram account and you can watch the three episodes of Adults Adopting Adults. It is... like I truly can't believe that this was on TV I truly can't believe that we don't get to see the rest of the episodes um was one of the situations a human trafficking situation yeah I I mean I think so yes everybody was really emotionally unhinged in a way that was so compelling so RIP to adults adopting adults. I can't believe we won't get to see the rest of the season, but that was like probably one of my favorite Patreon episodes I've done in quite a while because I had really no idea about any of like I saw that the show happened and I saw that the show was off the air. And then once I learned that like you can't stream it, I was like a little more intrigued. And then once I watched with truly like no idea what the show is about, <laughs> I love a thrill like that. Uh, This upcoming week, I believe the episode will be Mommy Dead and Dearest, which I can't believe I haven't done an episode on Mommy Dead and Dearest yet. That is probably one of my favorite true crime documentaries in the last, I don't know, how many years it's been. When did that come out? Maybe in the last like 10 years. It's so good. Um, So yeah, if you don't know what that is, it's like an extreme Munchausen by proxy syndrome case. It is really good. It's an HBO doc. If you haven't, if you somehow like missed the hype of Mommy Dead and Dearest, like I definitely recommend you watching that. Okay, so that's it. Patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Watch adults adopting adults because it's, (laughs) it's wild. Besides that, this is Feathers in My Hair. You know, my podcast, it's called Feathers in My Hair, a show where we talk about Teen Mom. Can you believe it? Can you believe? Isn't it crazy? If you had asked me in 2009, is that when uh, 16 and Pregnant started? And I was watching the opening episode, which was Macy with my ex-boyfriend in his parents' basement, 
like why and they had um like an old school big screen tv which i feel like i've talked about the old school big screen tvs remember like you would go to somebody's house and they had a big screen tv that must have weighed eight thousand pounds and it was truly the size of your whole body it would be bigger than you and you're like these people are the height of luxury (laughs) like this is the classiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life I can't believe I get to enjoy this huge tv we never had a big screen tv at my house which looking back is kind of weird because my dad really likes electronics like we actually got a dvd player truly as soon as they were released. Blockbuster did not have DVDs yet available to rent. We bought three DVDs or two DVDs. I remember as Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me in The Matrix. <laughs> we just had them and we would watch them. And then a couple years, maybe like a year later, Blockbuster did like a DVD section. And then finally, obviously the DVD took over. So I'm kind of surprised we never had a big screen TV, but they were so big and my ex-boyfriend had one in his basement because I think by then flat screens were like coming in so the big screen TVs got moved you know like to the the less occupied basement area and so I was watching Macy's 16 pregnant and if someone said hey Liz near 2022 <laughs> not only will a variation of this show be on not just that there'll be a few variations of this show you will still be watching Macy and guess what you'll have a podcast and to that I'd say what's a podcast and they said you're about to figure out in like a year when you figure when you find Savage Lovecast on iTunes and download it onto your podcast <laughs> or onto your iPod excuse me download it onto your podcast that's the first podcast I listen to Dan Savage is Savage Lovecast and I would literally put it on my iPod um but I would say, what's a podcast? They'd say, you'll figure out soon. But you're going to have a podcast where you talk to a bunch of people about 16 and Pregnant, but the other shows that are created from 16 and Pregnant. I would have said, I don't think that sounds right. I'll be in my early 30s. When does mid-30s start? I think I think I'm encroaching on mid-30s. <laughs> I'll be 34 this year. I feel like that's solidly mid 30s so you'll be in your mid 30s your life will be really different you'll be sober because <laughs> you're high as shit right now um you won't do drugs anymore you won't drink and you will be in graduate school even though right now you have failed out of college I think at that point I had failed out of college and <laughs> you will still be talking about Macy book out and Ryan <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. That would be, that would have been wild to hear. So that's, that's where we are. No, I totally just was like, why did I start talking about this? I don't, I don't fucking know, guys. But not much has happened this week in Teen Mom Land. I did see, though, that the Ashley summarized or recapped Kale's side of the deposition, which I really wanted to talk about. Remember last week, I was like, oh, well, we really only have Bree's side. Nobody's, like, recapped Kale's side yet. So I figured we would just go over that. Um, So this is what the Ashley, all shout out to the Ashley for doing this labor. She, okay, so she writes, the deposition begins with basic questions before Bree's lawyer asks if Kale has ever been arrested. Kale says, I'm not sure. I've never been handcuffed. 
She does admit to being charged with the crime of offensive touching, though. Kale said she didn't even know she was in trouble until she got a nighttime phone call informing her that there was an arrest warrant out for her. I got a call after an incident three weeks following the incident saying that there was a warrant and I went down to the police station, turned myself in, and then all of the charges were dropped. (laughs) Okay, that's that's a funny way to describe it because she really makes it sound like she went to the police station and they were like, oh, don't worry about it, girl. We're dropping these charges. <laughs> Later in the deposition, Kale describes the night she got that phone call. She stated that she thought it was a joke or a prank at first and so did her attorney. We thought it was a prank call so I didn't turn myself in right away, Kale said. And then the next day, she realized it was real and turned herself in. Uh, Kale says, after she turned herself in, they booked me. I guess that's what it's called. And I put my fingerprints in and they put me in a holding cell for about an hour and then I went home. She said she did get a picture, assumingly a mugshot taken, and then had to appear before a judge. During that time, I was not in the cell for about an hour. They pulled me, or during that time, I was in the cell for about an hour. They pulled me out of the cell to talk to a judge, not the cell, wherever they detain people. Then I believe they might have even put me back in until they released me to go home. She wasn't handcuffed and went before the judge via TV screen due to COVID-19. She said that her charges were dropped several months later, but she never had an but she never had an arraignment in November, as some articles stated. Which I'm a little confused about because in Pennsylvania, at least, an arraignment is like where your charges are read, I think. I know you then have a more... uh, I guess she just like the only time that she went in front of a judge was like the day that she was arrested is what she's saying. So, Kale refused to reveal, oh, okay, so they've asked about, like, feuds with other people that she's had. Uh, Kale also refused to reveal how much she's paid to appear on Teen Mom 2 because she doesn't want Brianna to know. In fact, she says she's not allowed to do so. I will be violating my contract by sharing this information with Brianna. So, I'm confused about that because my impression was that Teen Mom 2 had what they call a favored nation clause. And so all of the girls get paid the same amount of money. And now that they've added new people, it's based on, like, what season they're in. Because if I remember, when Brie joined the show, they were calling it her second season of Teen Mom, of Teen Mom because she had done one season of Teen Mom 3. And they were paying her, like, the second season salary that the Teen Mom 2 girls had gotten. So I was under the impression that each with each season that Brie is on she gets whatever the Teen Mom 2 girls had gotten when they were on that season. So Brie's on her, what, sixth season by now? It's been a while. I mean, it's been over four years since she joined, I'm pretty sure. And so she's on her, say, I don't know, because they do the A and B season shit, but let's say she's on her somewhere between her fourth to sixth season that she would be getting whatever they got for their fourth to sixth season. So I was a little confused by that. Um, also, like, making people sign contracts that make them promise they won't share their pay is fucked up. I'm anti that. <laughs> so I guess she disclosed it, disclosed it off record. Uh, Bree's lawyer asked Kale if she had trouble getting along with any of her other co-stars. Kale admits that there was a feud with Janelle Evans. Um, 
Kale's like, honestly, I don't even really know what the problem is. It's hard to even address. Uh, she said that Janelle got upset when she wasn't asked to take pictures with Kale and other cast members. Chelsea and I, another former cast member and I, supposedly left her out of a photo shoot we were in and when we, in fact, had no control over the shoot. Uh, she added that Janelle's husband hates her and that her husband has body shamed her. And this is when the Cheeto stuff comes up. Okay, and then I guess this is on whether or not she abused her ex-husband, Javi, or stole from him, as some as some others have claimed. They then discuss articles about Javi and the accusations that he once broke into her house in 2017. The lawyers argue back and forth about the relevance of all this. They also discuss an article that claims that Javi said Kale stole property from him around this time. Kale disputes this. I would say that I never stole from him, and I can't honestly say that I believe this is about me. It could very well have been about my second son's mother, about his second son's mother, Lauren, who filed a PFA against him. So I can't honestly say that this is about me. I mean, wouldn't they say in the article if they're talking about Killer Lauren? I don't, I don't really know. Next, they discussed articles that discuss the incident on Teen Mom 2 in which Kale pushed Javi on camera while they were still married in 2012. When Kale was asked if she ever hit Javi, she says, I pushed him, yes. However, she said that the article claims that she, the article's claims that she hit Javi are false. Um, and then the Ashley conveniently has a picture in here in which you can clearly see that Kale has hit Javi's head. <laughs> and he's reacting to be like he's physically falling back i don't mean to laugh domestic violence is not funny but to like have that follow up the line that kale says that she absolutely never hit javi plus didn't she on a teen mom reunion confirm that she had hit him multiple times i seem to remember her telling dr drew that this was not an isolated incident uh, Bree's lawyer asked Kale if she feels bad talking about what she did to Javi. I definitely regret my reaction to what I did to my ex-husband. I absolutely am remorseful. I've apologized both publicly and privately, so I think I'm at a place where I can face the music and talk about it, and I'm okay. I absolutely should not have pushed him. Kale admitted that their divorce was so public because they both talked about their issues on social media. However, Kale insisted that this was not her decision to discuss these things online. They move on to Kale's podcast, and she mentions some of the times she talked about Brie on coffee convos. She mentioned, she says she mentioned that Brie sent her body shaming treadmill. She said she tries not to discuss her personal life on the podcast, but that if something is untrue, I will clarify on my podcast. I thought her podcasts were entirely talking about her personal life. What the fuck are her podcasts about? <laughs> Every time I've listened to coffee convos, which has truly only been maybe three or four times when she had like a guest another cast member guest on and somebody was like you have to listen to this um but all of the times that i listened she was exclusively talking about her personal life and that was just coffee convos um baby mama no drama the podcast she has with v what else what are they talking about and then she has this one about how everybody hates her barely famous i think it's called where it's all about her personal life i <laughs> when i read that i was like what <laughs> That's what her podcast is about. All three podcasts are about her personal life. Kale said she sometimes uses her podcast to dispute things that others say about her. I would say when Brianna publicly accused me of felonies, I did not commit. I definitely clarified that on the podcast. Kale claimed that she had only learned that she was being accused of breaking and entering when she entering when she heard Bree say it. I thought this. Okay. <laughs> this really like made me laugh when I read it. 
I thoroughly remember people writing, talking about how I allegedly broke into someone's house and I had no idea what they were talking about. I mean, I never knew what they were talking about based on what Brianna posted, but that never happened. So I clarified it on my podcast. Thoroughly is like a really weird word to use in that context. And she does it again. Um, She uses it again in that way. It's, I don't know. I thoroughly remember. (laughs) It's real. like, I don't know. It's just a weird, what is, I don't even know. I'm like, is that an adjective? (laughs) I don't remember anything about grammar. I'm so stupid. But yeah, it's a weird word to use there. So Kale says that around June or July, 2021, she heard Brie talking about her beating on Chris after getting mad about Lux's haircut. First, she claimed that somebody from production told her that I was not on the show because I refused to talk about my arrest, and she also accused me of breaking and entering into Chris's house, and again, the offensive touching. I believe she said that I hit him, Kale said. Then the story changed to Chris told her that I broke and entered into his house and I assaulted him. She publicly accused me of breaking and entering. She also said that production told her that I was not on TV because I refused to film about the arrest and none of that is true. It's not true that I was not on the show because of the arrest. It's not true that I broke and entered into Chris's mom's house. It's not true that I assaulted Chris Lopez. It's not true that I committed these felonies and wasn't on the show because of them. So what Kale is doing here is clearly, and obviously this is like what her attorney coached her to do because you like get, you go through possible deposition questions before you get deposed with your attorney. And clearly the attorney was like, you need to focus on the breaking and entering and felonies because assault, I guess, is a felony. Offensive touching is not. Now, here's the thing. To me, this all goes back to the ridiculousness of this lawsuit because because Kale's a public figure, Kale needs to prove that Brie knowingly lied about Kale. Also, I believe she needs to prove that she lost money because of it. But let's just focus on, like, the knowingly lied part. So what Kale is saying is that Brie knowingly lied about the breaking and entering thing and that she had a felony. But Brie wasn't saying she had a felony. And it's reasonable that Brie wouldn't know, like, the difference between these charges, like, assault and offensive touching and that one's a misdemeanor and one's a felony. That's a very reasonable thing for Brie to not know. And it would be, in my opinion, really hard to prove that Brie was, like, purposely trying to accuse Kale of committing felonies. I also, like, I believe that Kale wasn't filming because of this. (laughs) I believe that to be true. I just don't see how anything that Kale says in this deposition proves that Brie was knowingly telling a lie. Knowingly. And, oh my god, this is just such a waste of time and money. I just cannot believe that this is still happening. Okay, so... She publicly accused me of breaking and entering. She also... Wait, did I say that? Oh, it's it's not true that I assaulted Chris Lopez. It's not true that I committed these felonies and wasn't on the show because of them. Once again, I mean, you have admitted that you were... Well, you won't say that you were arrested. <laughs> you won't admit to that. But you have admitted that you were charged with offensive touching. What the fuck is offensive touching? That's not, like, the average person does not know what offensive touching is, and I think it's incredibly reasonable for somebody to hear that another person was arrested for offensive touching and being like, wow, she assaulted him? (laughs) 
what else does offensive touching mean except for physically like physically going after someone that's what it means hitting like at least common sense it means hitting we're not lawyers we don't need to know these things before we talk about situations legally at least okay so kale said that what brianna said cost her sponsorship deals what Kale claimed that when she learned she had an arrest warrant against her, she called her team up two producers and informed that she was going to turn herself in. She stated that the show's producers didn't care some of the that while the show's producers didn't care, some of the brands she was working with at the time did care about her arrest. Once again, I'm not really sure how Kale can prove that because of Brie talking about it is why she lost these sponsorship deals. Because this was already something that was being talked about in articles like this this information was already out in public like brie may have been alerting like some people on instagram i guess but as far as this already being like a public story we knew about this i also don't believe for one second that she called team mom producers and like was letting them like the and she was like yeah you can film about this Oh, my goodness. She continued that she was dropped by a few brands she had sponsorship deals with, including HelloFresh. Oh, this is where she's at. I thoroughly believe that HelloFresh and at least one or two others dropped me because of Bree's statements. Yes. You thoroughly believe that? <laughs> Just so weird. Like, she's trying to make herself sound smarter. I really like when people do that, when they try and make themselves sound smarter. And you're like, what are you doing? Katie from Vanderpump Rules would always do that. <laughs> Kale said there was a difference between the articles that came out about the incident and what Bree said. She claims that the article stated things as allegedly, but Bree stated it as a fact. Bree stated everything I said as a fact. She stated, I broke into Chris's mom's house. I don't know where she got. I don't even know how production or Chris or anybody would have told her that. She literally made it up. I want to be honest. I don't know that the reason that I was dropped by companies was specifically for this arrest or if it was like when you are saying because of the arrest. It could have been the arrest. It could have been that Brie accusing me of breaking and entering. I'm not sure. Okay, so so you thoroughly believe that you were dropped from these brands because of Brie. And then the next thing you say about these brand deals is that you're not really sure why you were dropped by these companies and that it definitely could have just been the arrest and not what Brie was saying. Oh my goodness. Um, so Kale says the reason that she was not filming is because she refused to film about a person I was dating. His name was uh, Malik Montgomery. I mean, I guess, like, I guess that's possible. I think, I think it's both probably. It was like a bunch of shit that she wasn't willing to talk about. She said she didn't want the relationship ruined by putting on tv i've had several relationships on the show fail and also just trolls becoming trolls involved in my relationship has led me to not want to have any type of public relationship she said okay now this is interesting so she talks about the haircutting situation which i was under the impression that kale picked lux up from dover drove or from middle uh wilmington drove back to Dover, noticed the hair was cut, and then drove back to Chris's, which is like a full hour drive back. But Kale is saying something else happened. So when asked if she did touch Chris that day, Kale stated, touch Chris that day. Kale stated, I did not. She says that Chris told the police she did and that she believes Chris lied to the police about this. I believe Chris would do that because we had a very tumultuous relationship, Kale said. She says that Chris has told a lot of lies about her in the past, including claiming that she cheated on him. 
I mean, cheating? I don't, I don't know. I don't, like, were they ever in a, a real defined relationship? Weren't they both with other people constantly? She also claims that Chris has lied about whether or not Kale's given him money. He also, he also said that I never gave him any money, which I have. Well, I believe that one. He has said he, I'm pretty sure at some point he actually even got on Instagram live and said that I didn't hit him after this police report came out. And I'm sure someone can locate the footage of that. I don't remember seeing that, but also, like, Chris has a lot of Instagram lives, so it's possible I just, like, scrolled past somebody recapping his Instagram live. I do feel like that would have made its way to the Reddit, though. Maybe it did, and I just missed it. Kale disputed again whether or not she was actually arrested, as articles claim. Arrest? I didn't get handcuffed or anything, so does that count as an arrest, she asked. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Brianna's lawyer told her, I don't believe handcuffs are a necessary element in an arrest. She also disputed the claims that Chris's sister had to pull her off Chris. She never touched me, so that's inaccurate, Kale said. She confirmed, though, that when she was taken into police custody for offensive touching and that there was, and then she was released without bail. I never talked to the police, she said. The only time that I really dealt with anybody with this was when they called me in to tell me there was an arrest warrant, so I'm not entirely sure. I just know the arrest warrant was issued three weeks after the alleged incident, and everything was dropped for lack of evidence and lack of proof. Next, they brought up a few articles, including one of the Ashleys, and asked Kale if if she feels these sites are reliable. She said she doesn't know if sites like Ashley or Radar Online are reliable, but she feels like Fox News would be more reliable. I don't know. I'm assuming because randomly Fox will like post about this stuff. And so I guess she's probably like, well, that's like a real news station. So I guess it's more reliable. (laughs) I would have to read the actual like transcript to kind of understand what Kale is saying there. Um... Kale says that Ashley's article about the incident is pretty accurate, but says the things Chris accuses her of in the article are untrue. He asks if in an article from the clickbait site Champion Daily is accurate. The article states that Kale was arrested for punching Chris. I didn't punch him. I was arrested. Yes. Regarding yet another article on the same topic, Kale read it over and said, I was arrested for allegedly punching Chris. Yes, Chris reported the domestic incident on the day of the offense, but the police didn't contact him back until September 25th. I didn't, I don't know when the police contacted him. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> she says, <laughs> they can't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so Bree's lawyer asked Kale to rank how mad she was about Lex's haircut on a scale of one to 10. Probably a 10, Kale said. Kale said that her nanny, Natalie Knapp, was present for the altercation. She stated that Natalie was in Chris's mom's house that day when this all went down. Chris told police that Natalie was in the car at the time of the incident. Kale says on the day in question, Chris's mom let her into the house to pick up Lux. She got him, and once they were in the car, Kale realized that Lux's hair was cut. From there, Kale says she got out of the car, walked back to the house, and Chris's mom let her in the sliding glass door so she could speak to Chris. I told him he didn't really have a right to do that, and I told him that I was not happy with it. It was not okay. He couldn't even take him to a proper barbershop or, like, a hairstylist, and I left. I mean, Natalie was right there, and that was that. I just told him how I felt about the haircut and walked out. She claimed that no one asked her to leave and that she left on her own. I don't really believe her. (laughs) I don't believe that she just, like, went... I mean, I believe that Chris's mom probably let her in. Um, I'm curious about the Natalie of it all, because I think Natalie would lie, but I also think Chris would lie. So I'm definitely curious if Natalie was actually there and witnessed it or not. 
so next they talk about the PFA that Kale had on Chris at the time of the incident. Chris almost killed me in October of 2019, Kale states. So this is about the time that Kale became pregnant with Creed. The next few lines regarding the incident are redacted from public view. Later in the deposition, though, she does confirm that Chris was charged with a crime for what he did and that he spent time in jail for it. She also said he confessed to the crime. Kale went on to dispute any articles that claim she was arrested for domestic violence. She said that she was actually charged with offensive touching and never domestic violence. I would describe it as lies. I didn't offensively touch him or put my hands on him. I wouldn't call it a domestic incident because it didn't occur. Later in the deposition, Kale stated, I believe that offensive touching is essentially like a disorder, maybe like a disorderly conduct unfairly, or I think offensive touching is probably something from pushing or shoving all the way to, I don't know, I'm clearly not an expert. I explain what I thought it was. (laughs) Okay. When they came to the topic of Chris, Kale said she believes Chris has narcissistic tendencies and narcissistic behaviors. He parents for himself, not his children, Kale said of Chris. He sees his children as objects and pawns and as a way to control me. He's very manipulative. He's abusive. He is self-centered and he will do whatever it takes to have his own way. She said this includes lying to the police if necessary. I don't think he has a conscience. Um, On why Kale has called herself a villain in the trailer for her Barely Famous podcast. Kale said that she was speaking about the trolls who hate her due to seeing her on Team Mom 2. She went on to talk about the trolls in length. As for Brianna, Kale said she is the biggest troll. That is true. (laughs) That I'll agree with. I've always said, like, Brie trolls. Like, that's what she does. She trolls. I feel like I've been villainized over the years just over the show, she said. So I use it in my trailer for the podcast. I'm just going off what the trolls say. It was supposed to be funny. People that follow Team Mom would understand what I meant. It's not for people who don't watch the show. It's more more so meant for the trolls that follow. I said that the trolls, people who are dedicated to hate me, kind of like Brianna, would refer to me as a problem. They referred me as the villain. They villainized me. It's easy to. I would say that it's easy to blame me, so I just go off. It's a joke. When I say your favorite villain, it's a joke to the people who watch the show who understand there have definitely been times that I've been villainized. That I that I agree with. Okay, I just realized I've been talking for way longer than I thought. I need to take a quick break and we'll be back. So, yeah, while the deposition's interesting, I still don't prove how anything Kale said proves that Brie was knowingly lying. I actually think the stuff that she says about Chris, like, helps Brie's case. Because when I read, Kale say that Chris is a narcissist, he has no conscience, and that he lies, including lying to the police. I'm like, oh, so he lied to Brie. And she was just repeating what Chris told her. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But let's get into this week's episode and I think we should start with Brie because well she was the really only one that had stuff going on this week this was a pretty boring episode but I think it kind of all keys into what is happening well I guess not really but I mean it has to do with Kale being talked about online <laughs> so Kale's back I'm confused about this timeline I have questions about this timeline because Kale Brie was, or Kale stopped filming for three months, but it's the end of August when she's talking to Leah. Like, this is right after Team Mom Family Reunion, but, like, when did the season start filming? I thought we were already, like, in the fall, so I'm a little confused about what's going on with the timeline, because Leah and Brie are definitely in, like, early September, and I know that because that's when they got back from Team Mom Family Reunion, although I did notice, so they 
kind of went taught mentioned it in Bree's segment, but in Leah's segment, they don't talk about it at all, and they don't mention the fact that Jalen like visited her there. So, I well, I guess, <laughs> I guess Leah's a little early because I think Team Mom Family Reunion filmed after they went to Costa Rica because she was talking about that trip. Oh, I don't know. The timeline is like is off on this, and I don't think that this that kill started filming again though in September I think it was a while later I'm also noticing that their clothes are really changing and don't seem to be matching for the time period they're in like Leah in a lot of these scenes is wearing like sweatshirts and pants and she looks way more like she's dressed for the end of September or October than for end of August beginning of September so who really knows where we are? But Kale, she missed, what, two episodes? And then they brought her back in. I think it's very obvious that MTV likes Kale. MTV wants Kale to be on this show. I think that Kale has, out of everybody that's still on the show, including Teen Mom OG and Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, I think Kale has the biggest online presence, right? Like, out of everybody that's still on the show, she's the one that has worked the hardest like build her brand i would bet if they did like if somehow mtv was able to do a poll of all of us fucking idiots still keep up with the show macy would probably win as favorite if they like went through all of the casts maybe leah but i think as far as like people who people want to watch kale rates up their high do i understand this no of course i don't of course i don't understand this but I try not to pretend like I I understand people who watch TV because they, like, really like the thing that they're watching, at least when it comes to reality TV. I don't understand that mindset. <laughs> you know, I'm a hater at heart. It's just, unfortunately, who I am. I've accepted this in my old age that I'm just a fucking hater. And so I don't really understand what it's like not to be a hater and to view the world through that lens. And I guess the non-haters like Kale for some reason. But I think that MTV is very aware that people like the original moms. I don't know why, but they do. It's why Team Mom Young and Pregnant gets shitty ratings. It's why if they combine the cast, I think it will be mostly the old moms, right? Like, I think if they combine the cast... I mean, I don't know if they would keep five or six cast members. I actually think it would make a lot of sense if they kept, like, seven cast members and they rotated, like, who they show each episode, similar to, like, how TLC does it. You know when you're watching... This is why I don't like 90 Day Fiance. Because you're watching 90 Day Fiance, you become, like, super into a storyline. And then two new couples show up in the next episode, and so you're not spending any time with the original people that you were really invested in. So I could see them doing something like that. I could see a cast where they have Leah, Kale, Brie, Amber, Macy, Shy. That's six of them. Is there one other person that I would put on there? Maybe Jade. Like, I, I can see a cast that looks like that. I think they like Cheyenne. I think they like Brie because Brie's been there for a while and I think Brie's kind of willing to film about anything. But I think MTV really likes Kale. They don't want Kale to not be on this show. She was able to stop filming for three months and only missed two episodes. Like, clearly they want her to be a part of Teen Mom. And I don't quite understand it, but you know MTV was happy when she called and she's like, you can come back here. So the episode starts with Kale being like, I've decided to start filming again. And her producer comes over and they're like sitting on her porch talking. 
And she's like, this is weird. This is weird. I'm like, is it weird? (laughs) Is it? Because you've been doing this show for 10 years at this point. (laughs) I don't know. I think Kale needs the show to a point. I think she needs it like as much as any of us need a job, right? Uh, But I do believe that Kale makes a lot of money outside of the show. I, every time I go on Reddit and they're talking about Kale's podcast, they're like, nobody fucking listens to that. Who listens to these dumbass podcasts? And I'm like, well, clearly people do because Kale's making enough money that she keeps making more podcasts. <laughs> like, That's what you do when you're making a lot of money on a podcast. You just cr- keep creating more of them because you're like, oh, this is free money, essentially, for very little work. And I mean, <laughs> I'm not exactly rolling in the cash from feathers in my hair, but like, My Patreon brings me, I mean, it over doubled my income for an idea of like how much money I'm making. I don't really make that much on ads or feathers in my hair. This is a very small podcast, but like from Patreon for truly four hours of work a week, I make more than I make at my full-time job. If that, like, if you just want an example, and I don't say that to brag, but like if I'm who's a fucking nobody, (laughs) a true no one can make money like that. And I mean, I think everybody knows, like, I did uh, feathers in my hair for over three years before I started my Patreon. And I really made very, very little money in those first three years, maybe a couple thousand dollars, maybe like $2,000 over three years. Like, I really don't make a lot of money on podcast ads. Um, Kale probably gets, so like, 18 times the amount of listeners that I get, right? Like, if I'm getting 5,000 listens an episode, Kale's probably getting... 100,000 or 200,000 listens an episode. Like, she's getting way more listens than I am. So she, and the fact that, you know, I know Kale makes a lot of fucking money off ads because she doesn't have Patreons. And if she didn't make a lot of money off ads, she would have a Patreon. Oh, what I was saying is like, obviously I did feathers my hair for three years before I started my Patreon. So it's not like I just like popped up and was like, give me money. But if you have people that want to hear your content, you can make a nice living doing podcasts. Now, it's unstable. There's a reason that I haven't quit my full-time job to, like, really lean into this because I could say the wrong thing and lose half my subscribers overnight. Uh, I don't get health insurance through Patreon. And it's just, for me, it wouldn't be worth it to be a full-time podcaster unless I was making... I don't know. Like, I'd have to be making double or triple the amount on Patreon, in my opinion, to, like, really go all in on being a full-time podcaster. Also, like, well, I mean, it would be amazing. I'm like, what would I do with my time? Yeah, I'd fucking figure it out. But what I'm saying is if I, a complete nobody who has a thousand Instagram followers (laughs) and gets 5,000 listens a week on feathers in my hair, can convert that to over a thousand patrons... Um, Kale is making buku bucks. She's making buku bucks on this podcast. Clearly, people are listening to them. Clearly, she's selling ads. So she also does influencing stuff on Instagram. So I think that, like, while Kale needs Teen Mom and that she makes a shit ton of money for not that much work, and it also drives interest to her podcasts, she doesn't need need it the way that some of these other moms do. I think Kale has worked really hard to build a brand outside of Teen Mom. And I think the extreme haters don't want to hear that, but it's true. Like Kale, I also think will be a long-term reality TV celeb. She was saying on Instagram stories recently that she won't go on another reality TV show unless it's her own, own show. And to that I call bullshit. Because once Teen Mom stops and she's not making as much money, she's going to agree to go on the Wii TV. 
you know, like the marriage boot. I mean, she already went on marriage boot camp, so she's going to agree to do those types of shows. Um, she also, <laughs> she also said that she still wants, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast when she was like pretending she was studying for the LSAT so she could go to law school. And she said she still wants to do that maybe when Creed is, like, four. That really made me laugh. People get so mad when she talks about that. I think it's funny. Do I think Kale's going to take the LSAT and go to law school? No. No, I don't. Do I think Kale could get into the one law school in Delaware? I believe there's only one law school in Delaware. And it used to be called Widener. And now it's called, I think, the University of Delaware owns it now. And it's, like, University of Delaware's law school. Um, but Widener, like, a lot of a lot of attorneys in my area are out of Widener Law. Like, it is a really pretty good regional feeder school, or at least it used to be. I don't really know what it is now, because I guess most of the attorneys I know that graduated from there are older. But it's, like, not that difficult to get into. So if Kale could, like, really study for the LSAT and, like, do decently on the LSAT, do I think she could get into law school? Like, sure. I mean, I got into grad school and I'm a fucking idiot. Like, I mean, I'm not an idiot, but like my undergrad GPA was 2.85. Like, I did not have a good undergrad GPA and I was able to get into grad school. And I mean, I have a 4.0 now and I maintained a 4.0, but like, I believe Kale could probably get into a law school of some sort. Do I think, Lale, do I think Kale could like go to law school and like complete law school? Probably not. I... I don't think so. I I mean, I don't think that Kale, to maintain, like, the GPA that you need to maintain in law school, I just don't see Kale having the ability to, like, put in that amount of work. Because while Kale works hard doing her stuff, maybe hard isn't the right word. I think Kale, for almost all of her adult life, has had really easy paths to money right? And she does not have to put in a lot of effort into making money. Like I said, she's probably spending six to eight hours a week. Well, she has three podcasts now. Let's say she's spending 10 to 12 hours a week doing podcast stuff. And she's probably making hundreds of thousands of dollars on that would be my guess. Like I'm guessing she's making over six figures between the three podcasts. Maybe even, like, mid-six figures. I know that sounds crazy, but, like, it's just, I mean, like I said, if she wasn't, she would be on Patreon making it. Like, someone like Sassy Schroeder, she's making, like, $40,000 a month on Patreon. Go on Patreon and look at how many patrons people have. (laughs) Not everybody keeps it public. I don't even keep it public. But, like, (laughs) like, Who Weekly has, I mean, I think they're making, like, $50,000 a month on Patreon now. So, and they probably do pretty well in ads, too. So, yeah, like, it's it's a real significant income for people that already have a following, and Kale does. So, I bet she's making mid-six figures on these three podcasts for doing, like, 12 hours a week of work. Then she, we know she's making high six figures for Teen Mom, which is not, the, they don't film for that long, but the thing is... Like, she doesn't have to put that much work into it. It's emotionally very hard, I think, because she is a public figure who just gets dragged day and night. And I truly cannot imagine being that way. Like, I just really, I could never open myself up and I wouldn't ever open myself up to that type of criticism on that level. So 
I don't want to call it easy money because I don't think it's easy. I really don't. But it's like fast cash. I've talked about this before, right? Like it's the same thing as <laughs> dealing drugs or doing sex work or even waiting tables. Like it's really hard for people who wait tables usually to transition into like a salaried position because you're just so used to being able to like pick up a shift and make an extra 300 bucks cash here. And it's different when you're a salaried position. And I think that Kale is very used to making easy money and not having to put like a significant amount of time into working and Law school is not that. You have to put a lot of fucking time into working. I don't know if Kale reads. Is Kale a reader? You have to read so much in grad school and it's so much in law school. So I don't know if Kale could keep up with the reading. I don't know if she's, honestly, I don't know if she's smart enough to be a law student. I don't think you have to be, I mean, there are a lot of fucking idiots that manage to get through law school and pass the bar because they're specifically good enough at the type of schoolwork that you do in law school. But I'm not sure that would apply to Kale. But it doesn't matter because Kale's not ever going to actually take the LSAT and ever try and go to law school. I can't remember how we got here. Oh, Kale. So back to the episode. Kale is back to filming. She's like, I don't really know. Uh, The producer asks her what's going on with her parenting situations. She says her and Chris don't even speak at all. And then she says her and Joe don't speak at all. And I I don't really get what's going on with Kale and Joe. They, like, keep making references to the fact that Kale and Joe don't talk to each other. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I don't, I really don't get it. I feel very confused when it comes to Kale and Joe because, like, I mean, as of last or two seasons ago, they were going to therapy together sometimes when they had to work on stuff about Isaac. And I just, I don't really get why they're not talking at all. Like, they have absolutely no communication. Like, what happens between them that they go from, and I'm not saying, like, they need, I thought they were, like, best friends, but I don't really get what happened between them going to, like, cordial and civil to, like, really, really fucking mad at each other to the point that they do not speak. I'm also curious, like, how that works with V. I guess maybe V is their intermediary. (sighs) V's also starting another podcast. And it's so funny, like, everyone read it's like, why is she fucking doing that? It's like, because clearly she makes money on it. That's why she's doing on it. It, She's doing it. It's easy work and she makes a lot of money. (laughs) Clearly. Like, everybody with any sort of following has a podcast because they make money doing it. That's why. So, she says her and Javi are, it's like by the day. And I definitely believe that. Um, She says that this is a trial run of her filming again. And I'm like, bitch, shut up. Like, what? A trial run of what? Like, stop. You're going to keep filming this show. Shut up. Okay, so Kale lets us know that... (laughs) Some, she got some bad news about V. And now I'm, I'm confused, okay? So she says a few months ago, months, Javi and her, like, got into a fight and Javi let Kale know that V was being deceitful about some things. Now, if this is not a classic Javi grenade, I don't know what it is. Javi is such a fucking monster. I actually am most concerned about Javi in this situation. I don't think he's getting enough heat in this situation. I don't know why Kale and V, when they were sitting down talking after the fact, weren't like, why the fuck did Javi do that? Like, I, 
Javi was bored or he was, I guess oh, what happened was V and Kale were talking about him on the podcast and he didn't want them talking about him on the podcast anymore. And when Kale basically was like, no, fuck you. He was like, well, V's being deceitful. So Kale puts them all in a group chat and V then admits that she was the one who told Javi about Kale being pregnant with Lux. That was the thing that, like, kept going around all week. But in my opinion, the second part of this is, like, the much bigger issue in that V didn't just tell him that. She told him that there were rumors that the baby Kale miscarried when she was with Javi was not Javi's kid. Now, were there rumors at the time? Yeah. But, like, I don't think they were real-life rumors. I think she was reading the same rumors that we were all reading, uh, if you'll remember, from a, a literal comment in a blind item site, this is truly how this rumor started. The rumor was that Kale slept with her friend Sterling's husband, got pregnant, and had an abortion. I've never, ever, ever believed that. I do not believe that to be true. Um, her and Javi wanted to have more babies, clearly. I think she, all, they both insist it was a planned pregnancy, and I believe that. And I believe it was Javi's baby. Uh, she calls Leah to discuss this, and I thought, what? (laughs) Now, are Kale and Leah friends? Sure, they go on those trips together, but, like, why the fuck is she calling Leah? Even for the show's sake, like, why Leah? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Because usually when they do this, like, I'm going to call a cast member, it's because they've, like, been in this situation before when, you know, like, when Amber's depressed, she's like, I'm going to call Kate because Kate's been depressed before. So I don't really know, like, what the point of calling Leah was storyline-wise, but she calls Leah to tell her all this and Leah has nothing to say. She's like, whoa, that's crazy. By the way, Kale unfollowed everybody on Instagram and then refollowed like a very few select people and said she's only following people she trusts, which I think wouldn't be a big deal if she was only following like non-teen mom related people, but she was following Chelsea and not Leah. And so people think that Leah and Kale fell out, which I mean, that is weird, right? And, like, if you're only going to follow Chelsea out of all the teen mom, like, if you're going to follow one teen mom cast member and not the others, I think that is kind of making a statement as silly, as silly, silly, silly as that is. It It is making a statement that you are not friends or you don't trust. And then you come on and you're like, I'm only following people I trust. I don't know what's going on with her and Leah. I don't think her and Leah were ever particularly very close. And remember when Kale, like, called Leah out on being in that cult? (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. So, I get... Kale's really upset about this. She apparently, like I said, she put them in a group chat. Then Kale came into the podcasting office... Or V came into the podcasting office and admitted it to Kale. Um, Then Kale, like, meets up with Javi to get, like, the full story of everything that happened. My question is, though, like... She said this happened a few months ago. They had stopped recording their podcast for a little bit, but not like six months, like not a significantly long period of time. So I don't really know what what the deal is. Kale is really hurt by this. And okay, let's talk about this. So basically what happened was V found out she was pregnant. She knew she was pregnant and she contacted Javi and was like, I'm tired of you looking stupid. Like, we need to meet up to talk about this. Now, was this V's place? No, of course it wasn't. And I'm specifically talking about the pregnancy thing. Um, 
that wasn't V's place at all. I saw some people being like, well, she wanted to be on the same page as Javi because Isaac is Lincoln's brother. And I'm like, mm, come on. No, 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 no. Do I understand why V did it? Like, yeah, Kale had been torturing them. <laughs> Kale had been torturing V from like six years at this point. V also mentions that this is like right when she had moved to Delaware and she would like just had her baby. So she was like going through postpartum depression and she was really miserable. And I definitely think like I can see why V did it. Now the miscarriage thing. <sighs> That's bad. That's really bad because Kale even says to this day, Javi will throw that in her face. Now, why she and Javi are having fights like this, that's a question for another day, right? Like, why are you and your ex like still fighting about whose baby that was? Like, if you guys, why are you still having couples fights? Because that's like a relationship fight. So, but that's Kale and Javi being toxic as hell. Also, they show Lincoln at like a private football practice and I'm like, is this necessary for a seven-year-old? He's like seven. Oh my God. They're all too into sports for me. I just, I get why Kale's hurt, especially with the miscarriage thing. I get why she would need to like pause on doing the podcast. I really understand all of that. But the fact that Kale, at least in this episode, doesn't even acknowledge like that V, that she gets why V did it. And also, like, here's the thing. Should we have done this? No. But, like, what, I'm going to come at somebody for gossiping? I'm a gossip. I get it. You get, sometimes when you gossip, you get in trouble. That's a downside of being a gossip, right? Like, you, you have to, you have to take responsibility for the shit that you gossiped. And so, I get, like, I get why Kale is hurt because of the miscarriage thing, especially. The pregnancy thing, I don't really get why Kale cares four years later. If her and V are such good friends, they're in such a good place, he was gonna find out anyway. Like, I, that, I, I can't imagine myself, like, getting upset with later, especially knowing, like, all of the shit that V did to Kale, or Kale did to V, and I guess shit that V did to Kale, I, one would think that Kale, you know, who, because she's in therapy now and she, according to her, is a totally different person, yet she's still being treated like old Kale. Okay. <laughs> sure, Kalen. Um, one would think that new Kale would be able to be like, okay, I'm like hurt in this moment, <laughs> right? Like, I'm responding to this because I'm a human that has emotions. I'm going to take some time. I'm going to cool off. I'm going to think about this. And I'm going to be able to say that five years ago, I was like a monster to V for many years and I understand why she did this and there's truly no point in me being hurt by it like or being mad about it. I think that you can't choose not to be hurt by something but you can choose not to be mad at it and I know a lot of people listening are going to say I can't control my feelings because I totally understand that and I used to be that way. Such a clear memory of my dad telling me to like control my feelings and me like screaming in his face, like I have no control over my feelings because I truly didn't. Um, that was what therapy really helped me with, and like knowing that even though I couldn't control how things felt, I really could control how I reacted and I could control how to manage the situation, and I could control kind of like how I felt. I know I'm saying you can't control how you feel, but you can manage how you felt about stuff. But I hope people understand what I mean by that. So I think it totally ma makes sense for Kale to be up to be feel hurt. 
and to be a little confused and to be like, huh, I really trust Kale now or I trust V now. Do I do I still trust her? I think all that makes sense. But like to be actively mad about it, that I don't get. Now, the miscarriage thing, that I get a little more, especially if it's still an issue. That's the other thing. Like the the Lux thing, like that was coming out, right? Like <laughs> Javi would be finding out. Does it suck that Kale didn't get to tell him herself? Yeah. But also was Kale like openly talking about her pregnancy and filming about it and hoping that Javi just wouldn't find out? Yeah, that was stupid. Like, of course he was going to find out. And at the time, if you'll remember, uh, Janelle tweeted about it and Kale, so Kale blamed Janelle for like leaking her pregnancy. And then this, after the episode aired, Kale like posted this really fucking weird message that was like, I publicly apologize to Janelle. And then she's like, she won't see this because she has me blocked. And it's like, well, the... <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this. After seeing this week's episode, I wanted to address my storyline and the information I found out because I know, I now know I blame the wrong person for leaking my pregnancy news with Lex. With that being said, I wanted to formally apologize to my former co-star Janelle for wrongfully accusing her of leaking my pregnancy news when I was pregnant with Lex. At the time, I felt hurt and betrayed over a moment that I should have been able to announce on my own timeline, and I voiced those feelings against who I thought caused them. I've been very open about the fact that I know my life is in the public eye, and sometimes people forget that I'm human and very real feelings are involved. This was one of those times that I was extremely hurt, and I still wish I would have been able to announce the pregnancy on my own terms. All in all, no one likes admitting when they're wrong, but I was wrong here, and I wanted to extend that apology to Janelle. I am sorry. And then the caption is, I would tag, but I'm blocked. Janelle, I hope you see this. Um, Which, obviously, Janelle will. Anything that they post on social media is going to get sent to the cast members. Like, of course, Janelle will see that. Even if she has Kale blocked everywhere, Janelle will absolutely see that. The thing is, though, that I'm confused about is, like, Janelle still was the first person, like, associated with the show to confirm it to the public. So I don't really know, like, I don't, I don't think that changes. She wasn't the one that told Javi, but she was the one that, like, confirmed it to everybody. And Javi didn't make it so that Kale couldn't announce the pregnancy. So I'm a little, I'm a little confused by this. Also, remember, Kale was the one to announce that Chris was having a new baby. <laughs> and that was not long ago. <laughs> that was, I believe, less than a year ago. Oh, gosh. Do you know they named that baby True, but spelled T-R-E-W? That's that's not great. That's not great. I actually kind of... The name True has really grown on me with little True Thompson. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so Kale and V eventually meet up, and V apologizes again, and Kale's like, I still love you, but I think maybe we shouldn't work together. Obviously, they get back to working again because they're st- still doing the podcast, but I don't know. There's no real growth from Kale in this storyline, in my opinion. I mean, I guess the fact that she wasn't, like, flipping out on V, but I would expected, I would have expected there to be, when V and Kale sat down, like, a real reckoning of the way they treated one another, and I guess I can kind of understand them not wanting to do that because it really just, like, brings up shit that happened and bad memories, but for the camera's sake, they should have done that. Kale should have been, like, yeah, we didn't get along. We were not friends. And I, what did, what does Kill like, what did Kale want from V, I guess, in this situation? Like, she wanted, she wanted V to have told Kale that she did this as soon as they started becoming friends and on good terms. Like, how much shit did Kale do to V that she's never apologized for? Like, that's my question. 
how much shit did Kale talk on V and how many rumors did Kale spread about V that she has never once apologized for? And I guess that's where I'm confused about some things. I don't know. Oh, no, it's like, yeah, V shouldn't have done it. Of course she shouldn't have done it. But, like, have we all done some fucked up shit? Yeah. And this, to me, it's, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the end of the world. I do definitely feel sad about the miscarriage thing. But also, like, Javi would have seen that shit online, too. Like, if I've seen this rumor, most of the cast has seen this these rumors. Like, if you follow one of those, like, Team Mom Instagram accounts, like, you know. You know all this shit. When Brie was, like, coming at Kale about stuff and people are like, why does Brie know all of this? It's like, well, why do we know all of this? Brie's actually on the show with them. <laughs> I just find it hard to believe that people weren't tweeting at Javi, like, that Sterling's baby, Sterling's husband's baby and Kale got an abortion. Like, I don't think V was the one that, like, because V told him, like, this has happened. But I definitely get why Kale feels that way. I don't know. I wanted them to, like, fight or something. I wanted there to be, like, an actual fight or, <laughs> like, and Kale, I, they just were like, well, we love each other. It's okay. It all happened off camera, which I find annoying. It's, I mean, it's fucked up of Kale. It really is. Or of V, excuse me. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, Let's talk about Leah. Nothing much happened in the rest of this episode, by the way. Leah has decided that Jalen is going to meet the girls. Oh, they went to Costa Rica, which MTV didn't film, which what the fuck? But then I was really, it's probably realizing it's probably a COVID um, situation in which like the COVID protocols for sending a crew out of country must be insane. It's why none of the Real Housewives have gone out of the country, right? Since COVID started. So I'm sure it was just a lot to send a crew there, but uh, Royer met his son, Victoria got engaged, and Jalen asked Leah to be his girlfriend. And Leah just keeps saying exclusive. It's, I don't know. The girls meet Jalen. Of course, he really likes them. They really like him, etc., etc. Leah's like, well, I can't date someone without my girls being involved. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Also, they're already saying I love you. So, Miss Leah with her walls up. Remember, guys, Leah's guarded. She does not trust anyone. Her walls are up, but she's telling her boyfriend within a month of meeting him that she loves him. <laughs> Just classic, classic Leah. Uh, he does say there are some job opportunities in West Virginia that he's looking into, which is eventually what happens. I did see someone on Reddit point out that Jalen is in the military, so he and Leah are actually moving quite slow, which really made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess that is true. Like, all things considered. <laughs> They're not married yet? That is pretty slow for the military. I also noticed Addie was in uniform. I didn't know she was going to a private school. And the girls liked him. So, I mean, that's good, I guess. In Bree's segment, her and Britt are back from Team Mom Family Reunion. And Devoin says that he wants to ask Bree to go out to dinner with just her and Nova. We see Devoin's girlfriend, which... Have we seen her before? I think we have, but we have not spent a lot of time with her, and I liked her. I thought she seemed really great. I would like to see more with him and her. Usually, we just see him with his friends, so I'd really like to see more of Devoin and Jasmine, I believe her name is. She seems really nice. She seems supportive. 
she was like, yes, you should definitely go out to dinner with Brie. You need to have a good relationship with Brie. That was really great. And they go to the melting pot together, which was a very cute scene. Although I will say Devoin comes over, like, to drop off Nova after gymnastics because Brie's letting him pick uh, Nova up from gymnastics twice a week. (laughs) And Brie's wearing, like, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre shirt. It's just such a weird shirt. It really made me laugh. Like, there's, like, a whor- a person, like, covered in blood, like, on her shirt as she's just, like, talking. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what the fuck is she wearing? <laughs> they seem to genuinely be in a good place. And, like, they actually got something good out of the therapy at T-Mom Family Reunion. So, like, mazel tov to them. It, like, truly, if that is really what they needed a non-Dr. Drew figure to, like, sit them down and help talk, I think that's great. Like, I'm I'm happy for them. I'm happy that something good came out of this fucking show, right? Like, good for them. We'll see. We'll see how it keeps up. I hope it does keep up. Also, I've never been to the melting pot, but now I really want to go to the melting pot. There's one by my work. It's expensive, right? But, like, I really love cheese, I haven't had fondue in a very long time. I remember my Aunt Lynn had a fondue pot. (laughs) Julia, remember Aunt Lynn's a fondue pot? (laughs) It's like the height of luxury. Like, so chic. My Aunt Lynn was married to my uncle that stole a lot of money and went to prison. Um, So they had a lot of cool shit at their house. (laughs) Yeah, when you embezzle $50 million, you have a lot of cool shit at your house. (laughs) Including a fondue pot. But I've not had fondue in a very long time, but I did like the look of that melted cheese and dipping things into melted cheese. I like the idea of cheese being my meal. That's, that is something I like to do. I like to get, like, some brie and just eat, like, brie and a pita bread for a meal sometimes. <laughs> really like to do that. So, yeah, I would like to go to the melting pot. Let me know if I should go to the melting pot. <laughs> You guys know I love a chain restaurant, so don't come into my comments and be like, you shouldn't go to the Melting Pot because chain restaurants are shit, because I don't, I don't abide by that. I love a chain restaurant. <laughs> Look, I also love, like, a local, good, beautiful restaurant that has incredible food, but then I like to go to Cheesecake Factory. All right, fucking sue me. Sue me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so who else is on the show? Oh, Ashley has decided that she's going to work on things with Barr, which Ashley this week posted a picture oh, that her and Barr happy anniversary. And somebody was like, oh, so you guys are together, LMAO, which look, I know that's a snarky comment. I'm not saying it's not a snarky comment, but if you are going to put your struggles on TV like this, Either turn off comments or accept that people are going to say shit to you. You cannot be on TV looking like a fucking fool. And you know you look like a fool because you said Barr is the only man you'll ever let treat you like a fool. (laughs) I'll never be. I'll never be over that. That is one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my life on TV. And I just will never get over the fact that she openly was like, Barr is the only person who's allowed to make me look like a fool. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. But you can't be on TV looking like a fool because of your fucking husband that you don't even want to be with. And then when people in your comments, like, you guys shouldn't be together, snapping at them doesn't make any sense. And you could, she could easily just turn off comments on pictures with her and Barb, which is 
<laughs> Unfortunately, what Mackenzie McKee usually has to do anytime she posts Josh. <laughs> anytime Mackenzie McKee posts with Josh, she has to turn off comments, or she did for quite a long time, which really makes me laugh. Here's the thing. I know that we don't actually know what goes on in these girls' lives, although... I do hate to say this because I know this is how I I hear myself when I say this, but I genuinely believe I know what's going on in most of the Teen Mom cast members' lives. I be, I believe that. Like, I really, they just put so much online, you know? They put so much online. I kind of believe I know what they're doing. But if you don't want people commenting on it, you got to turn off the comments if you want to post also, I looked it up in this, they, so their anniversary was like April 2nd or something. And that was, I believe his arrest was like March 16th. So within a month of him getting arrested, like I said, I'm still not convinced. I'm still not convinced that they got married. So Ashley wouldn't have to testify against him. Like I said, I just, I'm not sure they think ahead like that. I really am not. I'm also not sure Ashley would be loyal like that. It's not that I don't think, I mean, I don't like to use the word loyalty in that respect because I think that's like a really warped view, like the ride or die idea. Like I fucking hate that shit. And so I don't love to use loyalty in this context, but I don't think that Ashley feels the need to protect protect Barr like that, right? Like I don't see her marrying Barr just so he doesn't get in trouble over some shit. I feel like she is a deal with your consequences type of person. I just, I still don't get it. Like, they're they're taking a walk in this episode and talking, and basically they're like, we need to go to therapy. We want to work on this. We want to choose to work on this. So, Bar, she needs Bar to be disciplined, and she's, Bar's like, I need you to communicate. And Ashley's like, and, you know, we have to deal with this court shit. And I'm like, you're talking about this court shit like it happened after you got, or, yeah, after you got married. But you got married, like, knowing this court shit was happening. I just feel confused about the storyline because I, on one hand, like, I get why they're fighting, right? We know why they're fighting because they're a terrible couple a lot of the times. They're a really good couple when they're getting along and they're a really bad couple when they're not getting along. We know they're fighting because Barr is a fucking nightmare when he drinks and is, he doesn't follow through things he says, and Ashley is growing and maturing, and Barr is not. And we, like, so I I do conceptually understand why they're having issues, but I don't think the show has done a very good job showing these issues. And I guess it's just because they're choosing not to film about them. But, like, we leave off last season with them, like, getting engaged and everything looks so good and Barr's been doing so well. I guess the epi- the last episode did end with, like, news of the arrest. But in general, like, everything's going so well. And then they open the season up and they kind of make it seem like part of the issue is the arrest. But, like I said, they got married after the arrest happens. So what is – how big of a deal can it be, right? Like, how big of a deal can it be? Uh her sister, Chris, keeps saying that Ashley needs to forgive Barr if they're going to be together. And I am like, forgive him for what? What are we going to forgive him for? Um, she wants Barr. I, I get it. It's so hard. I totally get, like, the situation she's in that she loves Barr so much. She thinks he's a good dad, which I think, I think he's good with Holly. I think there's a difference between being a good dad and being good with your child. Right? Because I don't think you're a very good dad if you're in active substance use abuse, which I 
than he maybe is. Um, if you are getting arrested constantly, you are not providing a stable home life for your daughter. If you are not providing for your daughter, like, that's not good dad shit. But, like, you being, like, there for Holly is good, right? Like, they're, I just think they're different things. It's the difference between, like, an aunt and a mom. Like, I'm really good to my nephew, but I'm not a mom to him. Like, I don't take on those responsibilities, and it doesn't seem like Barr takes on those responsibilities for Holly. So I don't really know what Ashley is forgiving him for. I mean, I have ideas, but they're not saying it on the show. They're just not, there's just so much context missing that I don't understand. And I kind of think Drew, Dr. Drew is going to drill into them. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping Dr. Drew is going to drill into them and be like, why the fuck do you guys get married? I think he might. Um, you know, I hate team mom reunions. I think we should not have the team mom reunions. They're actually happening right now, I believe. Uh, Pastor T posted a video of her flying out somewhere with Holly and hashtagged a Teen Mom 2 reunion. So I would like to see Dr. Drew be like, can you just explain to us why you got married? <laughs> Not why you eloped, like why you didn't have a wedding ceremony, which I'm still question mark on. But like the reason that you decided the two of you should legally join forces. I would like to know about that. It would help me understand like what they're fighting for and I don't know I just <sighs> Bar and Ashley they are a mess okay that was really it for Bar and Ashley this week Jade is buying a house Sean is still in rehab she does FaceTime with him and he looks really good I was like oh my gosh <laughs> Sean looked really good. He had put on weight, which you always do in rehab. I guess maybe unless you're, like, coming off booze, but I don't know. They usually fatten you up in rehab. Like, the goal of the food is often to make you gain weight because a lot of people come in there underweight or haven't been eating. Um, So he looked like he had gained some weight. His skin looked good. He looked healthy. I was really happy to see it. I don't think Sean and Jade should be together, clearly. I actually... I'm questioning if Sean should be coming back to Indiana at all. It seems like he's doing really well in Texas. Um, he's in like a long-term treatment, which is incredible. He said that he's now helping the new guys, which is incredible. Clearly, they have some sort of like transition system going on in the treatment center. Uh, and like when you move up to that rank and you feel like you're helping people, it's like such a sense of accomplishment. I kind of wonder if the facility will be recommending him going to, like, a halfway house near the facility in Texas. I'm curious about that. Um, I, the thing is, like, I understand he has a daughter, right? Like, I, I do get that. Um, I I definitely get that. And also, like, he has to film. His job is, like, filming for Teen Mom. Like, that's how he makes money. I get that, too. But it doesn't seem like he has a lot in Indiana, Right? Like, and it seems like Sean needs to make some serious life changes that I don't really see happening with Jade. Like, I don't see how he and Jade being together is really going to work. They don't get along. Jade doesn't like Sean. <laughs> like, full stop. Which is the So, Jade and Sean to me are the exact opposite of Bar and Ashley, in which, like, I deeply understand why Bar and Ashley are still together because Ashley just, like, fucking loves him and they get along so well when they're getting along but even in the best of times with Jade and Sean like she doesn't seem to like him very much 
<laughs> she's just like, yeah, it's fine with Sean. Also, her friend comes over and Jade's like, being a single mom sucks. I'm like, have you not been a single mom almost Chloe's whole life? Like, every episode of this show is you being like, I haven't seen Sean in three weeks because he's mad at me. And so he's just not seeing Chloe anymore. It's a little confusing. But Jade buys her own house in cash, which I was like, okay, go girl. It's amazing. I mean, she lives in a low cost of living area, but like if she had $150,000 to $300,000 in cash to buy this house, like fucking good for you. She said she's the first person in her family to be a homeowner, which is incredible. Um, Do I emotionally think she's changing the cycle for Chloe? No. (laughs) No, I do not. But do I think that, like, she's definitely breaking generational poverty with Chloe? Yeah, a lot like Leah, right? And her girls. I think that's incredible for Jade. Like, she talks about the fact that they moved all of the time as a kid and she just wants stability for Chloe. And being able to give your daughter that is fucking awesome. And Jade is another one that, like, she works hard. She's never going to be as famous as Kale, right? Famous and... (laughs) In the context of teen moms. <laughs> like, Jade's just never going to be on that level because Kale's just been on TV for such a longer time. And people, like, actually watched the first couple seasons of these shows. And, like, when the old episodes go up on Netflix, right? Like, remember when Netflix launched this season one and two and Kale was, like, the the screenshot face? I can't, the thumbnail, the thumbnail picture, like the original girls are just like always going to be more popular, but Jade, she sells shit online. She seems like super into her hair business. Like she is really serious about that from what I can tell. I think she is maybe not great with money. I have some questions about like how she always has new luxury cars, but I think that Jade is really trying. I think that Jade has a good understanding of how lucky of a position she's in money-wise because Jade was already 20, I think 22 when this show started. I think Jade was already over 21 when this show started. She might have been 20, but I think Jade had been taking care of herself for a very long time. And like by the time, you know, the show comes around, she is pregnant and like fully taking care of Sean, her parents, herself. She's working two serving jobs. Like I think Jade has a real understanding of struggling and how hard it is to make money in a way that Kale did. But in reality, like when you start getting this money at like 16, 17, like you're just going to lose that mentality. And I do think Jade has been able to hold on to it a little tighter, which is really good. And I think Jade knows she needs to make the most of how like what she can while she can. And buying a house in cash seems like a great idea for her. I know like people always be like, you shouldn't buy your house in cash because of interest rates. You should invest and buy stocks. I remember a lot of people talking about that with Brie and it's like, do you think that's what she's going to (laughs) do? Is it always the best like financial choice to buy a house in cash? Like, no, usually you can invest your money and make more. But if you're not investing anyway, is it a good idea to buy your house in cash because you have a huge influx of cash that could go away at any time? Yeah, of course it is. Of course. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm I am genuinely happy for her. They go to see Sean next week. I'm curious to see like what is going on with Sean. And I really bet the treatment center is going to recommend him staying in Texas, but I think he's back in India and I think he's back with Jade. Also, Jade contours her nose in such a crazy way that like when the camera's at certain angles, I'm like, you look insane right now. 
<laughs> she would say Simon Sean. Her nose looked crazy. And I was like, probably because she doesn't see herself from the angle that we're seeing right now from the camera. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Patreon.com slash Liz Explains. You can get access to all of my episodes. I love you all so much. I hope everyone has a lovely week. And I will talk to you again quite soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.